are listening to 9394, a music podcast with Travis Roy. Thanks for coming along on this ride. Do you remember when you were like 15, 14 years old, or maybe even 16 years old, and there was that friend of yours who was the same age as you, at least in as much as that they were in the same grade as you, but they were born before you so they're actually driving before you like maybe even significantly well before you in your friends group maybe they've got like six months on you or something along those lines remember that person for you what did they drive did they drive a van because dan Plummer drove a van and dan Plummer has come on the show today to talk about the ultimate 1990s band certainly one of the ultimate 1990s bands at the very least pearl jam And their sophomore release from 1993, Five Against One, or should I say Versus, as it's better known. Now, he was one of the guys in our group that drove, I believe he had a white minivan, if I recall correctly, but you know, the details are sketchy. Another good friend of ours, Ryan Liberty, God bless him, uh, he used to drive this piece of shit Dodge Ram that he called the Beamer. It was not German-made. And then there was also our friend Ann. Shout out to Ann Hundredmark. Uh, our friend Ann had a Jeep of some kind. So I feel like in our friends group, the three of these people in particular did a lot of the work in uh, getting us around and moving us around <laughs> early on. You know, Dan is a huge Pearl Jam fan, has been since day one. He's not like me, one of those fair weather fans that really just liked the first couple albums or so. Dan's a lifer. So he is a really good person to bring on the show and talk about this album. He's also just a really sweet dude, and it had been a long time since he and I had caught up. So it was a real delight to talk to him. So here's me and Dan talking verses. <laughs> hey, buddy! <laughs> Travis Roy and Plumber. If you hear battling in the background, there they are. <laughs> what are their names? <laughs> Gracie, old lady, and Annie, new puppy. Very nice. I don't know if you can yeah. see mine. I got, uh, let's see, I got Scruffy down there. Scruff. Mara over there. Oh, honey. sounds i was like kind of nervous and <laughs> why i don't know i'm talking to one of my oldest friends about one of the best albums that i've listened to thousands of times this is very true it's really nice to see your face man like it's, when's the last time we Dude, talked in person quote unquote i don't actually know literally it could be like high school right 
like maybe concerts after high school. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure there would have been some shows after high school. And then, like, you know, some of the party in the summer after high school. Right. I'm sure. Yeah, maybe some bonfires if you showed up. That to kind the, of shit. The epic summer bonfires. <laughs> I was talking to my mom. It was really funny. I was like, Mom, so guess what? <laughs> I'm going to go to my house and I'm going to talk to Travis Roy. Remember him? <laughs> She's like, mm. The name, maybe. I'm like, Yes. From like ninth grade, Mrs. Faust class. And, he went to MXPX in the minivan. And... Very classic moment in all of our lives. <laughs> Dude. It was. Except the ride home with busted ankle. Oh, gosh. In the pit, right? Oh, yeah. I got tossed. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I sat out with a twisted ankle. That sucks. I didn't remember that part. I guess that would stick out in your memory, though. Uh, I, oh, I, yeah. That sucks. That was classic. That's what you get for driving. <laughs> the first time they let me take the minivan and like okay you're going to Livonia you, I don't know it's a Christian concert <laughs> we were going to a church <laughs> it was great Yeah, but yeah so we took the White Plymouth Voyager to MXPX that was like one of my favorite first memories of our Heartland pals <laughs> there was a lot of shows that we all went to together but that was one where it seemed like the whole fucking school was there it felt oh, like oh yeah you know oh yeah that one in Park of Kings on our last day of high school. That was nuts. That was the last day of high school. Oh, man. Every fucking Park of Kings show, but especially that one. You're right. I love them still so much. They're still great. I know. I can't find my CDs of theirs. I think their stuff might be on YouTube. Yeah, that's about it. Noob. Yeah, yeah, it's a bummer. But they're phenomenal. They really are. Ready to get into it? Yes, sir. Hi. Hi. Hello. Yeah. Let's do it again. <laughs> this is great. And I love podcasting with you. I always wanted to. I always wanted to be like, hey, I'm Cinema 9, Big Lebowski. I love that movie. And Annie, we're not playing tug of war right now. Go on. Hi, Annie. <laughs> no? <laughs> <laughs> She's looking confused. What do you mean? Yeah. Uh, this album, man, Dude. when I had it in my mind to do the podcast, and this is something I'm going to say on the podcast repeatedly. Uh, I think I've already said it a few times, okay. but especially like in these early episodes, but this is one of the big bangers of the era for me. Mm. I was obsessed with this album in a big way. How about you? Do you remember like how you came to this album? I didn't get it till a little bit later on, uh -huh. but I heard it with my cousin, Aaron Brooks. You remember him? Yes. So we are at my grandma Godfrey's house on Christmas, like after that's kind of like what we did Christmas 93. Pardon me, Aaron, because Aaron's looking forward to this too, because we were like Pearl Jam boys. Yeah. Dorky Pearl Jam <laughs> boys, but that's okay because they were freaking good. I remember the first time we heard 10 was up in his stepsister JC's room uh -huh. on her CD player. And we were like, oh my gosh, what is this? Yeah. And we were listening to her CD. We listened to 10, mm -hmm. we're hooked. Like, Pearl Jam everything, right? Yeah. Then we go a couple of years listening to 10. Yeah. Like, man, Pearl Jam's the greatest band of all time, even though Nirvana was in there too. Those were like the two big bands, big albums at the time. And everyone liked both, yeah. but you liked one more than the other. Right. And I was a Pearl Jam guy too. I liked Pearl Jam a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and so Pearl Jam, that was, we leaned towards that. And I did absolutely. And I even traded Brandstrom a stinking Star Wars guy wow. for a stinky 
Pearl Jam t-shirt <laughs> in ninth grade. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, we, we were at my grandma Godfrey's house uh-huh. for Christmas and he had got a CD player. Like, uh, I don't remember if it was that year or what, but he got verses for Christmas. Nice. And he brings it and his Sony CD player to my grandma's and we go in my grandma's room. Like it was just a spare bedroom and mm-hmm. we set up the CD player and go comes on. Oh my God. Travis, I'm going to go in the yeah, go ahead. room while these guys are battling. Yeah, I'm lucky that my dogs are like used to the routine at this point. So they just they're like, okay, he's in, <laughs> he's in the chair. So we're just going to sit down for like an hour. Yeah, well, these yahoos, man, they freaking. Oh, <laughs> What's their man. first podcast? They, they battle. <laughs> That's true. So Aaron gets freaking verses, and I just I wanted yeah. it, and it wasn't really, <laughs> I it wasn't really allowed for me, and <laughs> so this was a big deal. Go comes on, and man, talk about a change! Not a, cha- I don't know, maybe a change in Pearl Jam, but like it was so intense. Yeah. All right, so yeah, the dogs are fine. <laughs> it's fine. Don't worry about them. I definitely was all about ten, like everybody else, right? And sure. I remember going to the Brighton Mall on oh, October twelfth, nineteen ninety-three. I didn't know. I don't think that it was the day that the album came out. I just happened to go to, I think it was like Tape World or like whatever the fuck was that name of that place in there. It was some dingy little dump. I bought this very copy. I got it in my hot little hands here. Oh. This copy of Pearl Jam, it was hot off the presses to the point that it even still says Pearl Jam 5 against 1 on the cassette instead of Versus. 5, 5, 5 against 1. That was the original one. name of the album. <laughs> yep, 5, 5, 5 against 1. Wow. No way. Isn't that cool? Still got it. That's insane. I did the same thing. Like, go kicked my ass because that is one like barn burner of an opening song. And I felt the same way. Like, Pearl Jam 10 is a very distinct sound that they never really quite Mm -hmm. went back to. Nope. And from this point on, they're like, we're playing with styles, we're playing with everything that we want to do. And you can really, from the get go of Go, you can hear like it's like this living thing. You can hear them in the studio, like picking up their sticks and like talking and like throughout the whole album. Really, this is very much a you can, you can feel the process taking place. Mm-hmm. What is your gun to your head favorite song on this album? Can you choose one? See, that was what was messing with my head. <laughs> I was like, man, there's that, and then there's like. Oh, elderly woman behind a counter of a small town was like always a big time favorite. Okay. I seem to recognize your face. Haunting, familiar, yeah. I can't seem to place it. 
lifetimes are catching up with me. And then rearview mirror. Yeah. Whoa, that's that's like really intense one. Like it sounds like you're driving in a car. Like it, it <laughs> feels like you're. It literally, it literally feels like you're driving away in a car, looking in your rearview mirror. since I've talked to you, I've looked up the lyrics, you know, you yeah. sing these lyrics as a kid and you're like, up till we're like 43 now or whatever. It's like, shit, this is intense. Yeah. yeah, it's intense. I didn't know the seriousness of these songs I was listening to when we were like, what, 13? I kind of did some, because 10 had some themes of like parental abuse <laughs> and neglect. Right. And some of that carried through here. I agree. I think Rearview Mirror, if I have to pick a favorite song, it's my favorite song on the album too. But I did the same thing where I've been listening to it for fucking 30 years. And yeah. now this week, I actually sat down and really read the lyrics, which I've done that before, not since I was a kid. And, exactly. and read it now, I'm like, oh shit, this is about his father. Or at least a toxic relationship of some kind. But he connects it, the whole shades are down thing, that he connects that to the daughter line. You know what I mean? Like, finally the shades are raised, right? Where he had said the shades go down and daughter. That song's also about like parental abuse and neglect of some kind. Yeah, big time. Yeah. So yeah, there's some really intense stuff on, some personal stuff on both albums. Right. Yeah. Yeah, daughter and stinking rearview mirror, and I didn't realize it, but holy cow! Just a little while ago, I was like, "What the heck do the lyrics mean in rearview mirror?" <laughs> and somebody was like, "I just got out of a toxic relationship, and it really struck me that driving away and everything's yeah. clear now." And I'm like, "Wow, I wish I knew this." <laughs> yeah, he was like 28, 29, probably when he wrote it, but he was still a grown ass man that had either, you know, again, if it's family or romantic in nature, I can't really tell. But clearly, he'd gone through some shit that us, you know, 13, 14 years old, we had not. We had not done that yet. So now reading the lyrics, it's like, oh, this is like painfully obvious. This is some sort of toxic <laughs> yeah. relationship. Right. Big time. You're right, man. Like the music is driving music. Yeah, it's so driving. Like the adjective, <laughs> you know, it really is. 
Yeah, like a Johnny Cash, you know, how he's got that, it feels yeah. like you're going on a train or something. It's like, man. Yeah, that's a good comparison. Like that riff, like that kind of just one repetitive riff. Yeah, it's like, okay, <laughs> we're going for a ride. <laughs> you know, and that's another thing like that blows my mind. I think of myself as this Pearl Jam fan, although I got to be honest, I kind of weaned off after this album. I really did. But Oh, yeah. I didn't know until preparing for the episode today that we're doing right now. I was like, 30 years of being like Stone Gossard is a hell of a guitarist. Stone Gossard is a great guitarist. And then like looking at the fucking page, it says Mike McCready, lead guitarist. I'm like, well, shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. Every time. 30 years of not <laughs> recognizing even remotely the uh, awesome work that he's putting in and giving all the credit to the wrong dude. That was kind of an embarrassing moment. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> he had some good jams in there, but I mean, yeah, Mike McCready was definitely the. Yeah, it seems like Stone Gossard seems to write a lot of the songs from what I can gather. I was going to say, he's got yeah. The more like the licks, you know, McCready's got the riff. It. Right. Right. the hidden gem on this track now again like this is a classic album if you love this album you probably love every song on it exactly what's the one that maybe like people don't give enough love to if you had to choose one when i was just listening to it the last time i would have to say dissident okay i mean i could say any of them any of them <laughs> <laughs> seriously it's like they're all going through my head right now as we speak and i'm like man I didn't take any notes. That would have screwed my head right <laughs> When I was listening and Dissident came on, it was like the guitars are just like in your face right off the get-go. Like, yeah. what in the heck is this song talking about? <laughs> yeah, something about refugees. Yeah, like a political refugee or something. And I'm like, as a kid, how are you supposed to know that? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it wasn't made for us necessarily, but I knew the word dissident as a kid, so I, th I understood it. it was something political in nature, but I thought, it, I don't know, that, that was about as far as I went. Far away, like a wordless place, another When she had contact with the conflict, there was me. You know, they're a political band. They don't get the credit uh, for that. Very, very. Very, very, right? Like, this was the same year that Eddie Vedder guest vocaled on Bad Religion's Recipe for Hay. Wait, what? He did some backing vocals on two tracks, American Jesus and Watch It Die. How did I not know that? Because it blends right in. Surprisingly, he fits really well with that band. Like, you can't even hardly Weird. tell it's him unless you're listening for it. But my point being that, like, it makes sense, right? Greg Graffin and Eddie Vedder right, would, right. would, would like complement one another. And people that got into Pearl Jam and like back in the day and even like since, I don't think people seem to, when they talk about Eddie Vedder or they talk about the band, they don't seem to focus on the political nature as much as I bet he would like for them to. Right. For me, the undersung song on this album is WMA. Yes, that is my least. That's your least favorite? Oh, wait, yes, you're under. That to me is the most underrated track on the album because I think it's really cool that it, I mean, it's dealing with like police brutality and it's dealing with, 
you know, like race relations and police and all that kind of stuff that, you know, that was right after Malice Green died and they included something about that in the liner notes. It was just impactful for me as a kid. That and glorified G, like anti-gun and like anti-cop. I was like 13, but like, ooh. I right. hope no one knows what I'm listening to on the bus. Like the, the bus driver's gonna get mad at me. <laughs> yeah. And the drums, like I didn't know that they lost their original drummer and they got like a new drummer. Right. But here on WMA, it's like he's just, hey, I'm gonna fucking show off, yeah. and show you what I can do. And it's just like jungle drums. It's wild. It's a really, it's a wild song. That's your least favorite? I don't know if it's my. I don't have a least favorite. Right? The one you love least, maybe, would be. I would say the one I love least, like you, I've listened to the album like a thousand times, probably minimum. And it's like, I know every note, I know every word. And I'm like, mm -hmm. all of a sudden, when it's time to talk about it, I've never <laughs> talked about it. It's like, what is going on? <laughs> the song Rats was always mm -hmm. like, where did that come from? What is this? It's a weird vibe. It's a weird one. Like, oh, <laughs> I mean, it's not bugs weird from Vitology weird, oh, but like gosh. it's weird. Or mop handled mama. <laughs> <laughs> I like rats a lot, but I can understand that being like, if you have to pick a least favorite, I can understand that being the one. I like the lyrics of rats. Yeah. But yeah, I can understand. And then the, like the, I don't know what you would call it, like a funk of it. I mean, it's funky. There's a lot of funk on this album. Blood is mm -hmm. very funky, right? Blood is very funky. Rats is very funky. Um, what else is funky? Well, WMA is jungly, as you said. That's that's yeah. a good 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 description. There's a lot of, like funk guitar, especially. I feel yeah. like but, like the yeah. is going really funky with the guitar. Mm -hmm. If I had to pick for me the least. I mean, again, like you, it's hard to say, oh, this is the one I don't like, because there isn't one right. I don't like. I love every song on this album. Right. Every single song on this album. But there is a song I love least. Daughter. No. <laughs> no. It's not Daughter. Okay. Um, the song I love least, I think, is appropriately at the end of the album. Yeah. It's Indifference. Because to me, this is like such an exuberant, almost celebratory album. Like, it's just like so like upbeat. Right. Like, if they had just ended with Leash, we'd still be sitting here talking about the album, right? Because that that's like... Oh. What? We're ending in leash. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so because that's that's something that like it makes sense, right? It's a yeah. it feels like an ender. So right. indifference to me feels almost like an epilogue. It feels kind of tacked on a little bit, and its vibe is so different from the rest of the album. And it's like yeah. 
its tone, like literally its sonic tone and its like lyrical content seemed to me to be kind of the opposite of the rest of the album. Yeah, we're going to go die now or something. I don't know. What, what. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what difference does it make? Everything fucking sucks. Everything. <laughs> like, oh, shit, Eddie. Bad day. There's no difference. <laughs> it's a sad song. Jeez, um, man. So Leash is, your, is the one you're choosing to go out on, though. So Aaron and I sat there, and we listened to that whole thing in my grandma's room, and that when Leash came on, we were used to Pearl Jam 10, and we'd heard that 100,000 times. Rock. Yeah. And then... We're like, okay, they dropped the F-bomb and Jeremy like once. And then we're listening and it's like, Hank, my fucking hand. We were counting on our fingers. We're like, whoa, dude, this is like Rage Against the Machine when they said killing in the name. And I heard it by accident on freaking 89X Insomniac. <laughs> whatever that was called <laughs> they played it late at night <laughs> yeah after, after midnight <laughs> this album swears a lot i yeah. noticed that too it's not just leash there's a lot of the f-bomb which i'm not like clutching my pearls about it's just it's actually kind of like blended in there somewhat you know what i mean it's yeah. like not super obvious in a lot of places but what's funny is if you look at the lyrics on the inside cover of the cassette it says lucky take my lucky hand take my lucky hand yeah i know <laughs> I got to go find my tape. I wish I would have found it for this episode. Take my lucky head. No. Take. But of course me, I'm 13 years old. I walked around my neighborhood like, oh, yeah. take my lucky hand. And like, I meant like, that's what he says. It says it right there in the lyric sheet. Do you have any criticism for this album whatsoever? No. You don't have to. Here's one. I didn't know there was an expanded edition until I was listening to it on Apple Music uh-huh. just recently. And there's Crazy Mary is one of the extra songs. And then I don't know what the other one is. But after listening to it for like 30 years and yeah. then two songs all of a sudden show up on it, that kind of messed with my Crazy Mary was a single, though. I don't know if you remember. Yeah. This from the Sweet Relief oh, yeah. compilation. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I hate special editions of albums. I'll take a B-Sides comp any day. I love a B-Sides mm-hmm. comp or like a Rarities comp. Yep. If I'm still going to sit down and like listen to an album that I know and love, I'm like, when I expect it to end, I want it to end. Yeah, like Indifference. It goes into something else. You're like, wait, what the hell is this shit? Yeah. So do you have any other specific memories tied up with this album that we didn't address? Hmm. I mean, it was in my Walkman, just solid. <laughs> yeah. All the time. Walkmans. Yeah. Those were necessary. Oh, yeah. Walkman with the mega bass. Yes, of course. <laughs> Anyone who knew me in high school would be like, his favorite band's Pearl Jam. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I remember when you said you wanted to do this album, I'm like, hell yeah. All right. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I traded Brandstrom, a Star Wars figure, probably worth $100 for a stinky <laughs> Brandstrom t shirt, like Pearl Jam shirt. Mrs. Uh, what was her name? Spanish teacher. Helmuth? Yeah, it was Helmuth. She didn't like us very much, but I had the Pearl Jam shirt. It was a Siamese twin of the boy and the girl. You'd probably remember it. And then they were in, I do. in a pair of underwear. Yeah. She was like, you need to go to the bathroom and turn that inside out, young man. I remember that, I think. Was I in your class? I think so. I think I remember that. I went with option B and I cut out <laughs> a piece of paper t-shirt and I taped it on my... <laughs> 
created a whole new way out of the situation. That's, that's pretty funny. For me, Pearl Jam was a big influence, like lyrically and vocally, because, you know, I was a singer back in the day. Oh, yeah. And one of the first times I thought of myself as a singer, like, or thought like I was good enough to be a singer in a band, mm. I was barely singing. It was very new to me. Yeah. I remember being in a field with my friends at the time, but I remember like the three of us, like, standing in a field and singing Daughter together, like, just like. Yeah. Three 13 year old kids just like <laughs> hearts on our sleeves, belting it out in a cornfield in Heartland, Michigan, you know? Yeah. And Tom, who was always an incredibly sweet and like kind, right. never like said like a snide word like to anybody we finish he's like yeah we get it you can sing good you don't need to show off <laughs> no way <laughs> yeah and i was like well thank you tom <laughs> i took it the exact opposite how he wanted me to i guess and i was right. like tom thinks i can sing really good and i walked around singing daughter forever and like i don't know about you but i learned how to play elderly woman from the fucking cassette that had the, yeah. the chords very kindly in there too so this album really helped push me in, in like those ways, you know. Early Woman was always one of my favorites. Such a great song. Mm -hmm. That's a freaking great memory, though. Daughter <laughs> <laughs> stands out, and it's funny because that was a single, but it doesn't seem to be one that people remember as well. Like I don't hear it ever no. anymore. Like it's not one people really talk about. It's still a pretty solid song. Yeah, not my favorite on the album, but still damn good. No, what's cool? Just listening to it in the last couple of days. I mean, mm -hmm. I was like, man, they blended acoustic guitar with ripping electric guitar yeah pretty well yeah there's not such thing as i guess there's electric drums but i mean <laughs> like <laughs> acoustic sounding drums and sure. guitar with electric and like smashing drums you know yeah it's like acoustic rock yeah in a way that works Whereas Elderly Woman is a lot more like it could almost be played like at a coffee house kind of thing. It's more traditional yeah. acoustic song. Yeah. But Daughter, you're right. Like it's it's like still like a full band feeling kind of song. Mm -hmm. So yeah. what the heck is Elderly Woman about? <laughs> I don't know, but I think it's really fucking cool for a grunge band to be writing a song about an elderly woman. A little old lady that he, I think he went away to move away and then missed his old hometown and came back and there's the little old lady. I don't really know. That's another thing I got from Eddie Vedder is that the lyrics matter, but not as much as just like having that raw human emotion in your voice kind of thing. Because like you'll have like these right. powerful lyrics and you're like, Wait, what are you saying? Because now he's just like falling <laughs> apart to like snarling and gibberish, and that's fine. I'm feeling it, whatever you're talking about. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and you read the lyrics of some of this stuff, like the lyrics of blood are just like he's like, pull, push, yeah, fight. Or, I don't even know. Or, these aren't exactly right. But, you know, he's just like saying words unconnected to one another, <laughs> referencing spin and rolling stone and circus, of course. But there's like it's oh just, I just blow your mind a little bit. Oh.
it's my blood. These tabloids are like taking my blood out of my body and like printing it onto their page. So and Rolling so. Stone and oh my gosh, circus. <laughs> Remember circus? That one sucked. I do. CMJ was sweet because it came oh, with yeah. the freaking. It came with the CD. CD, yeah. I forgot mm-hmm. all about CMJ. Yeah, son. So, have you ever seen him live? Oh, dude. Yeah. So that was like my dream. And me, my cousin Aaron, brother John, aka Stan. Of course, good old Stan. How's he doing? Stan's doing phenomenal right now. Tell him I said he hello. really is. I sure will. I'm so proud of him. And then my girlfriend at the time. Mm-hmm. So I bought these tickets, and then. It was like, well, I want my girlfriend to go too. And then my brother, we were in line in Howell. At Ticketmaster? Back in the day, you had to buy tickets to these weird little, like a sunglasses hut or a fucking, you know. That's it. Some weird shit. It was the Ticketmaster in Howell by the outlet mall, wherever that was. Uh It's like a lottery and you get to buy tickets. And they're like, oh yeah, you're in section 256. And oh yeah, you got the floor. So I think Aaron was with me and we got tickets for like fifth row at the palace. Oh my God. Wow. Dude. Like I could have reached out with my spider monkey arms and (laughs) touched Eddie better, gave him a high five, you know? And so (laughs) for those listening, Dan has really long arms. That's what he means by spider monkey arms. (laughs) I'm lanky. (laughs) That's why we called you fat Dan. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Opposite day. So we're at this ticket master in Howell and I get lucky enough and I get to buy two. You can buy like four tickets or maybe Aaron was behind me in line. Mm-hmm. And so I get to buy two tickets and they were for fifth row Pearl jam. This is like Amazing. dream come true. Yeah. And then I think Aaron bought some and it was like nosebleeds. And so you're allowed to buy two a piece. And so my brother, John, sorry, John, and Christy Warren sat up in the nosebleeds and me and Aaron were on made, in the fifth. Hang on. You made your girlfriend sit in the nosebleeds <laughs> and my brother. <laughs> I'm sure they remember this as well. <laughs> well, shoot. We like me and Aaron, like Pearl jam first. They probably understood. Probably. Yeah. Right? But anyway, we were fifth row and at this concert, I think it was Vitology Tour. I don't, it was before we graduated high school. Oh yeah, Yield. So we're at this concert and this freaking Yahoo, he's wasted. And he's got the best mullet I've ever seen. Or the worst <laughs> mullet, I don't know how you. <laughs> it depends on how you feel about mullets, right? Exactly. He's, you know, it's like spiked up on top. Like, Oof. I mean, big, big mullet. And he's got the long mullet in the back. And he gets up on stage in the middle of, I don't know what song, but I mean. It was a serious time. (laughs) (laughs) They're a serious band. And this guy gets up there and he's like, Oh God, what's up? And he's up there and Eddie Vedder, this was the funniest thing. This guy gets up on stage and he's like, I got up on stage, bro. And like interrupting the concert and they just keep on playing. And Eddie Vedder's like, Hey, motioning for the security guy. And he kind of like, as he's singing, he's like, puts the microphone over here and he's like, Hey, go get me some stinking scissors. The security guy comes back with these giant shears Uh and the guys up there like, yeah, friends, look at how cool I am. And he makes the guy stop what he's doing. And he cut his mullet off. (laughs) 
In front of hundreds of thousands, however many will fit in the palace. <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. And somewhere I have some stinking 35 millimeter because we didn't have cell phones then. Right. So somewhere I have pictures of this guy bowing to Eddie Vedder, basically, <laughs> and him chopping his mullet off. <laughs> and you know that he tells that story like it was so awesome. We got up the stage, like we were all laughing at you, dude. We were all laughing at you. Because you are an asshole. That's so great. But uh, <laughs> got your mullet cut, so you got Wesley Willis. <laughs> <laughs> Wesley Willis. So is this an album that you've always kind of stuck with? Is it one that you ever kind of like faded out on and kind of came back to? Or Well, it's one of the top doggies. Like, yeah. I would say Radiohead the Benz uh-huh. and then Smashing Pumpkin Siamese Dream when I was a kid and I was mowing lawns. Yeah. We were mowing a lawn that took like seven hours to do. I have it in my Sony Walkman. And one side was Radiohead, one side was Siamese Dream, and then I had my other Pearl Jam verses right there. So it was there. You go. Those were the three. And just never really stopped listening to it. No. Uh-uh. Yeah, I'm the same way. I mean, like I said, I kind of faded out after this album. I remember, like, I got no code. Right. And I was kind of like, well, there's this mosquito thing going on. I don't know. Like, yeah. I don't know how I feel about this. Because Vitology, I wasn't that, I mean, I, I like Vitology, but I wasn't blown away by it. Mm. So for me, this is actually the album I go to the most still. I mean, I love 10. I think right. I actually, right. admittedly, I, that's my favorite Pearl Jam album. But this is the album I listen to more often and always has been. Mm. It's never left my fucking radar, man. It's just always been right. one of those albums that just kind of just regularly throw it on every few months. For most of my life. It's freaking awesome. <laughs> Agreed. It's just such a fucking rock and roll album. It is. Did you ever see him? I never saw him. I've oh, never saw him. Oh, man. Isn't that dumb? I just missed the boat on that one. I mean, I, I still could. It's possible. But, you know, they're like senior citizens now. And I'm sure it's awesome. I'm sure it's <laughs> still great. But, like, you know, right. it's Eddie's not going to be climbing any fucking drapes. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> He's not going to be swinging from any rafters. Up the drapes. <laughs> right. <laughs> Jumping off stools. <laughs> right, which is what you want. You know, that's I, yeah. I missed I missed the fucking boat on that one. Although I do have to give them big time credit for I mean, they must have released more live albums than any band I can think of. Like they just cranked out. So I mean, I feel like I've seen them yes. live because and always with like different covers and stuff on them. I bought a few of those and they were great. And they're, now they're oh. all up on Spotify and shit. So like you can just listen to them whenever you want. Are they really? They're all up. They're all available. Man. As far as I know, there's a ton. There's a ton. They, I mean, they did a lot. Oh, of yeah. Things. It was like every concert that they did for, I don't even know how long was just recorded. Yeah. Live show. I have quite a few of those on CD. Of course, they're all scratched to crap because I have <sighs> one of those 5 million CD book holders. What was with those holders that the zipper always, like no matter where you opened up the book, the zipper mm-hmm. was always going to be like scratch. Your CD was going to scratch across <laughs> the zippers and put it in or put it out. Like no matter where you put it. <laughs> yes. Oh no. Low power mode. Ah, you need to plug in somewhere. I do, but I just had a thought. So speaking of CD books, mm-hmm. my first case it, whatever CD protector mm-hmm. book that had all my precious ones in it. Yeah. <laughs> I took white out and I wrote Pearl Jam on my case. It that's awesome. Yes, sir. <laughs> I was just talking about that in another episode. White out in the nineties was the poor guy <laughs> punk rock, you know, suburban yeah. 
Oh, <laughs> uh, like this is my anything. Fake I can marker. Right? <laughs> what else am I going to use? <laughs> That's awesome. So, what are you listening to uh, these days besides Pearl Jam? Obviously, we've both been listening to Verses a lot the last week or two. But uh, what else you listen to? Anything else? I always blast Hum. Nice here and there for a while. There, head and heart. You ever listen to those guys? I really got into the first album, and then I yeah. kind of like the first album or two, and then kind of dropped off after that. But I, yeah, I really dug them when they were new. Yeah, they're quite good. Good vibe, good feel. The occasional Anima by Tool. Okay. I all like right. it all. I mean, I'll, and then I'll go to Rachmaninoff, and then I'll go to Tupac, and then I'll go to... <laughs> Way to live, man. Thank you. <laughs> all right, so I've got one last question for you. As I said, Versus came out October 12th, 1993. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the exact last year that I dressed up for Halloween. I do know that I showed up at my neighbor's house at like 9 p.m. just wearing like my regular clothes and they answer the door like, hello? Like, what are you supposed to be? And I was like, I'm a product of my environment. They're like, get out. (laughs) So I I know that I went a few more years after 93, but not many. And I wish I could remember what I was in 1993. Do you remember if you went for Halloween in 1993? Man. It's a hard question, right? See, we weren't really... I lived in the country. Yeah. And so our Halloween trick or treating was going to my grandma's. Yeah. And going to like the five neighbors right. on our street. Oh, I should have thought about that when I prepared this question because I got a trick or treat related question. But you're right. You're not a fucking suburban kid. You, okay. You're a North Clyder, right? <laughs> right? Yeah, I'm yeah. a North Clyder. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. All right. Well, so let me ask you this then. If oh, yeah. it was. 1993 and you were dressing up for Halloween. Maybe you're going to go to my neighborhood where there was actually houses perhaps. And you were going to dress up these, according to some of the dubious internet research that I did uh, hastily this afternoon, these are the top five costumes that kids were wearing in 1993. So you get to pick for the purposes of our show, rhetorically speaking, you get to pick your (laughs) Halloween costume for 1993. All right. Yes. Something that didn't fit, of course. Well, actually, the first one you might have fit in because I feel like you could get a big one of these. Every website that I went to all agreed on at least one fact. that The number one costume of 1993 was Barney, the big friendly dinosaur. So that's an option. And it probably would fit. Okay. The next okay. option was Aladdin because I believe that came out in 93 or so. Oh, 92, 93. I had the video game for Sega. Which was very difficult, as I recall. Very, very yeah. Very difficult. Yep. So Aladdin was a big one that year. The Ninja Turtles were a big one that year. You know, any of the four. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Coordinate the color scheme appropriately. Beavis and Butthead. (laughs) That was like the first year they popped. They went from liquid television to uh, having their own show that year and and were an instant success. Oh. Beavis or Butthead is an option. And then lastly, the number five most popular costume of 1993, (laughs) because all it took was having a flannel shirt, a beard, and a tool belt, was Al Borland of Home Improvement. (laughs) No (laughs) way. Uh, I, I mean, I guess if you, if you carried a fence around with you and got like a, a fishing hat, you could also easily right. be Wilson. Oh, so gosh. what would it be? Barney, Aladdin. Oh, oh Al. Yeah, Al, the, the oh, sidekick, right? Yeah, yeah. Not Tool Time Tim, but the the one that actually did the work. Yeah, yeah. Not The guy yeah, that looked like okay. this old house guy. Al. Yes, this old house. <laughs> All right, so these are your options. Al Borland, Beavis, or Butthead, any of the four Ninja Turtles. Aladdin or Barney? What's it going to be? Pick one if we're going trick-or-treating. We're going trick-or-treating and we're getting ready right now. 
right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go Barney. You going Barney? <laughs> yeah, why not? Go big or go home. My brother loved Barney. My sister loved Barney. All right. It was on in our house all the time. It's nostalgic for you. Good. Yeah. I mean, it's actually, it's October 12th. So we've got time. You can change your mind if you want to. <laughs> 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 um, I think yeah. I will. Uh, I have a beard. I will put a wig on and be Al Borland, or maybe just a hat. I like and, that. Uh, I own lots of flannel. I don't own a tool belt. I have to borrow that. <laughs> <laughs> I got flannels. I got tool belts. I'm a carpenter's son, for Pete's sakes. All right, then you got a tool belt. You can hook me up. Easiest costume I've ever had. <laughs> Heck yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for agreeing to come on the show, man. It's been a lot of fun talking to you and a lot of fun listening to this album and getting ready to talk to you and just talking with you and it's been great thank you man uh thank you travis so it was a blast we should have done a lot sooner but that's okay good things come to those who wait <laughs> <laughs> it's really good to see you <laughs> good to see you brother Dan. Absolute pleasure it was talking with Dan Plummer. It had been a really, 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 really long time, and it did not feel like it at all. It was like it had been a month or something since we'd spoke. It was good to have him on. It'd be good to have you on if you're interested. Perhaps you want to come on too. Pearl Jam was a really, 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 really big band, right? I mean, they still are. But uh, you know who else was a big band that released an album in 1993? That's right, fucking U2's Zuropa was 1993 and Lemon was on it. Yeah, not only was it on the album, it was a single from the album, and you're listening to it now. And I bet you listened to it, you know, you heard it, at least, in the 90s. There's many other songs from this album I could have chosen that are much better, but Lemon is, you know, it's hilarious. Would you like to come on and talk about this album? Would you like to come on and talk about a different album? Would you like to write me an email and, I don't know, give me a good recipe for banana nut bread or something? My email is 9394 podcast at gmail.com i have my own recipe for banana nut bread i'm very happy with it but if you have something like similar that's easy and manageable i'd be interested uh or whatever just shoot me a line i'm on regular social media sites you can uh you can find me all right well thank you for listening i appreciate it you guys your feedback has been great and i really it means a lot to me so thank you take care and um yep bye
9394 Music Podcast with Travis Roy is a labor of love. It is not and never will be monetized. Please don't sue.